No. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Welcome back to Top Rope Nation, episode 229. Justin Joint, welcome back to the Hawkeye State. We were out of town over the weekend. You and I went to Minneapolis, attended Full Gear, attended AEW Rampage. We got back into town Sunday afternoon. Didn't do the pod then. We were gassed from the weekend, but it's Monday night. We're ready to talk about our experience at Full Gear. Uh, are you adapting back to the Iowa way of life, Justin Join? Uh, back to reality, I'm not enjoying it. I, I much preferred my pro wrestling reality this past weekend. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? We were saying, like, as the weekend was winding down, ah, back to reality tomorrow yep. after such an awesome weekend. Kyle, you were with us in spirit. You you found us on the on TV in the crowd, so you, mm-hmm. you made you feel like you were there virtually. We would have loved to have had you there with us, like you were in Chicago at uh, at All Out. But good to talk to you, my friend. How are you doing? Well, we'll see about that in an hour or so. How I'm doing? I'm not gonna lie, your voice feeling a little gassed right now. We got to carry the Ross man for once. Yeah, we'll see. You know, maybe it'll be (laughs) maybe it'll be like Greg the Hammer Valentine. I'll get real warmed up at the 15 minute mark. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. But no, I'm really fired up to talk about it and kind of measure my perspective watching it, you know, via traditional means on pay-per-view versus you guys live and in person. Yeah. And like I said, we went to Rampage. We went to Full Gear. We sat unbelievable seats uh, straight on from the hard cam in the same section in the same row both nights just a few seats apart so if you were if you had a keen eye while you were watching you might have saw the top rope nation shirts i was wearing i was promoting the pod got a lot of uh airtime especially during full gear you might have seen the the logo on my blue shirt and so we were we were repping the pod we were up there with a good friend of the pod aaron graham and a patreon supporter of the pod he's always out representing for us so we had a great time with aaron uh we did a went to a vintage toy store i went to some great bars got a great burger justin joint had been wanting to try this burger for many years the parlor burger justin did it live up to the hype i thought it was amazing and i knew that they had a concession at target center so i did not eat supper the night of full gear expecting to get that burger and I find it, and it is the only concession that is not open. <laughs> Could not believe that. Yeah. Could not Oof. believe that. I will say, though, it's been years since I've been to the Target Center. And the last time I was at the Target Center, I was not impressed. It was a very aging building. This is probably five, five, six years ago. But it's really, really nice now. They have redone it. It's on par with the Excel Energy Center now across town in St. Paul, I would say. So great location for a show. Uh, the fans showed up in full force, you, you know, big fly in crowd, of course, for a pay-per-view, but I mean, that place was hot for both shows, but especially full gear, which had the bigger attendance and we were staying right down the road hotel in in the area. So we had some run-ins with some wrestlers as I think we'll talk about as we hit those matches as we go through. Yeah. I don't think we even told you about all. No, I don't know nothing, man. I don't know what you guys (laughs) did at all. It's all news to me. Yeah. <laughs> so these will be some real hot takes. Kyle will be hearing them for the very first time. Let's see. I guess before we get started, um, let me just, what I normally do when we do these pay-per-view shows, we are usually go live right after the fact or sometimes the next morning, but we grade the show A through F. 
And uh, I, th- I think these grades are probably going to be unanimous. But uh, Kyle Ross, if you had to grade AEW full gear, what grade are you giving it? Oh, I'd probably go with an A. I don't think you can go any lower than an A minus in the Facebook group at the end of the show. End of the night, I compared it to All Out. Um, I don't think Full Gear had the peaks of All Out. You know, when you talk about the Lucha Bros Young Bucks match, you talk about Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debuting for the promotion. But top to bottom, it was probably a better wrestling card. I mm-hmm. had seven matches rated three stars or better, four at three and a half or better, and two at four or better. So that's pretty freaking solid. Yeah. I've already seen Meltzer's star ratings. He's got something insane going. That's just come on, man. But I I heard him on his post show. I think he said every match but one was over four stars, right? Yeah. Did did he give any fives? Any fives, Kyle? For from Dave? No, I I, I I just I just saw the the thing that you repeated that every match Mm. but one was four or something like that. I I didn't listen. I, I don't know what the exact star ratings are per match. Okay. Uh, Justin, your grade. Um, kind of in the same boat with Kyle, I would say an A. I kind of want to give it an A plus, but you know, it can be taken as a positive if the card was so stacked that it was relentless. And for someone like me who likes to have a, you know, couple beers during the show, I had to stop it too because there was just no time to go to the bathroom yeah. or no, no time you felt comfortable leaving your seat. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, it was very hard to time to or hard to find the time to do that. I, I would definitely give it an A myself. I, I kind of agree with what Kyle said. I think the peaks of All Out were better. I don't think there's any match on this card as good as uh, Young Bucks and Lucha Bros, the cage match from All Out. But I do think the card was more consistent you know, mm-hmm. all the way down. So I, I would say like if you gave all you know, all the matches a score and did like an aggregate score or whatever it would be the better show. Um, but there was maybe, you know, in spite of Paige's title win, which is incredibly memorable, I think probably more memorable moments from All Out, you know, with the big debuts at the end. Sure. And, you know, if there was any negative whatsoever about Full Gear, you know, there's a lot of chatter about this while the show was going on and in the days that have since passed. The length of the show, it did feel in the middle it was getting a little long. Did it feel that way in the building? Yeah, the the energy slagged a little bit during the tag team match and the women's match, uh, probably because one didn't really matter, and I think the uh, women's championship was a little on the predictable side. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, it's it's hard when you've got a, a card stacked this much. I mean, we're going to talk probably when we look at this show, we're going to look at it from a broad perspective. I think we're not going to give you the match by match results uh, as far as like breaking down every finishing move that led to every pin and, and stuff like that. We are going to talk about the match results, but we're not going to you know break them down that specifically. I, I want to look at the matches more from like a big, big picture perspective. Where are we going now coming out of this show and, and just some general macro thoughts about each show. So or about each match. So, yeah, go ahead. Kyle. I was going to say, you know, there's a lot of chatter that the tag match with Cody maybe didn't need to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the argument, I guess, would be simple. It wasn't even featured on the countdown special, right? Yeah. So by proxy, it felt, I guess, less important. I mean, they've been feuding for weeks, but um, 
I thought the bigger issue is there were multiple matches on the show that could have had five minutes shaved off. Yeah, and that's like, you know, saying that that tag match maybe didn't need to be on there. I That would have made... F- for a good match for maybe people to go use the bathroom quick or go to the concessions. But, but like you said, it just didn't need to be as long as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll hit on all these. Like I said, I'll give you the big picture perspective, but before we do, I do want to say for everyone watching the live stream right now, wherever you're at Facebook streaming on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Follow us, hit subscribe, like the video. Even if you're watching on demand after the fact, it would help us out so much. We'd greatly appreciate that. If you're listening to the podcast version of the show, please subscribe, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, Better yet, if you're on Apple specifically, leave us a five-star review. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on air. And we've got two new reviews that have come in over the last couple of weeks that I wanted to get to from two different continents, gentlemen. So let's look at these. Uh, number one, this one's coming in from the United States. Five oh, stars. Was hoping headlines. for Antarctica. <laughs> Great podcast, especially the retro wrestling episodes. Let me first say, I don't watch much current wrestling, but I love anything from the 80s and 90s. These guys do a great job recalling and discussing retro wrestling cards. I love the fantasy drafts as well as the best of specific pay-per-views in the past. If you love pro wrestling, give it a listen. And this was from Brave Vol. So thank you very much, sir. That one came in almost a month ago now. I just, I didn't think I had read that one on the air because we've done like a lot of, you know, special episodes over the last couple of weeks. I wanted to make sure to get to that one. And the second review came in from Ireland. And this is from Bernie81. I was, I was a little shocked this came in from a guy named Bernie because I thought it might be someone named Scott, as you will maybe understand here in a second. Simple Maths is the headline. It says, you know, they say that all podcasts are created equal, but you look at TRN and you look at the others and you can see that's not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another podcast, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But TRN is a genetic freak and not normal. So you got a 25% chance at best at beating TRN. Then you add Patreon to the mix. Your chances of winning drastically go down. So now you've got a 66 and two-third chance of trying, but other podcasts know they can't beat TRN, so they won't even try. So now you have got a 33 and two-thirds chance minus the 25% extra that Patreon gives you, and now you can guarantee that TRN is 143 and two-thirds percent the best wrestling podcast. That spells disaster for other podcasts. Thank you, Bernie. You are love the big it. Papa Pump of all podcasting reviewers. Uh, love breaker math. Love breaker math. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite reviews. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. So, hey, by the way, if you leave us a review, please leave us your Twitter or Instagram username so I can get a hold of you, get your address, because if you leave us a written review, I send you a free sticker in the mail. So if if either of you send me an email, topropenation at gmail.com, let me know that it was you who sent in that review. Give me your address so I can get that sticker out to you because those are great, really good stuff. And lastly, click that link here in the podcast or YouTube description to check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Nation. You've been hearing in recent weeks, uh, I've been posting you know, the teasers of our bonus shows that we do each and every week over there. You're gonna hear one on the main feed again later this week, a 15-minute teaser of Top Rope Nation Extra coming at you later this week. 
TRN Extra is a bonus weekly show. We only do it for Patreon. It's the only way to hear it each and every week. Of course, we also have the monthly bonus show, Top Rope Nation Classics. We're going to be recording that one, I believe, next week for November on Survivor Series 1996. We've got close to 60 bonus podcasts in the Patreon archives. The only way you can hear those new ones dropping every week is to support us on Patreon. Thank you to all of our patrons for your continued support. And if you're out there and you're thinking about it, we would love for you to give us a chance. We think you'll enjoy what we're doing over there. Again, the link is here in the podcast description. So let's get to full gear and talk about some of the big matches. Um, I don't think we really need to talk about the buy-in. I mean, it was the weakest match on the show, no doubt about it. Uh, we had Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa defeating Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter. Not bad, but the weakest match on on a, a loaded card, to be sure. Would you guys? Yeah, there? there there was Eddie Chance for Vicky. I had forgotten yeah, yeah. that this was the 15 year anniversary of Eddie's passing in Minneapolis, no less. Too like How two blocks that? from the arena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Jamie Hader, is she going to be known for the way she takes bumps on the outside? Because this is two mm. matches in a row where, like, when she ta- eats the high cross body, it just looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's got to be sore in the morning. <laughs> she's really good with her crowd interactions, too. I would tell you just from being there, you don't see that a lot on TV. But when, especially like when she was out there later for Britt Baker's match and she was on the outside. Uh, just the way like she would hear things people would say in the crowd. She'd be like the one to really go over and be yelling at people three, four rows deep on the on the ground level, which was kind of entertaining to watch. She did, she does a great job with crowd interaction. So I wanted to call that out because you, you wouldn't normally notice that probably watching on television. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the good chance for Vicky, of course, because of the anniversary. Uh, Eddie passed away 16 years ago to the day from the pay-per-view. In the same arena, uh, in the same city, two blocks from the arena, it was the hotel that he sadly passed away. So we had multiple tributes to Eddie throughout the show, as we'll probably shout out some of them here. But yeah, everyone was paying their respects to one of the all-time greats, which was kind of nice to see. And then we open up the show. We've got MJF taking on Darby Allen. This was a really tough one to call going in because you know you had Darby on the last pay per view losing to CM Punk. You want to protect Darby. He's one of the best homegrown talents they have. But then MJF, you know, who was undefeated for so long, you wonder what they're going to be doing with him. And Justin, the response from the crowd in this match was very interesting. Tell the listeners what it was like sitting there in the target center during this one. If if it was not 50-50, it might have leaned towards MJF getting the biggest response. The crowd freaking mm-hmm. loved MJF and everything he did. Yeah, he was incredibly popular. I mean, he was going after him like he normally does, but he's getting to that level where people recognize he's such a good heel that they feel like it's cool to cheer for him, I think. Yeah, that's something Cornette has brought up on his pod, I know, that the baby faces that are working with MJF need to be careful that they don't get eaten alive. Because that will, like, when fans are seeing the heel as kind of the cooler character, that will lead to it. And look, it goes back to Roddy Piper, MJF's idol. You know, eventually all great heels do turn babyface, but mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. that's in the cards right now for him to turn babyface. It was a surprising reaction, quite frankly. Yeah. So I wasn't sure how much that came across on TV, but yeah, he had a lot of cheers. 
There were some people, you know, based on the colors he was wearing, they were chanting Rick Martell at him a little bit, but <laughs> but he did uh, kind yeah. of Rick Martellish tights. Yeah, yeah. The purple. <laughs> that probably didn't come across the TV, but yeah, I mean, they were there was the dueling chants back and forth. It was like, let's go Darby, MJF, back and forth, back and forth. And at times, like Justin said, it sounded like the MJF was actually louder. But uh yeah, I mean MJF gets gets the victory and so i gotta wonder if he would be the next pay-per-view challenger for hangman you know we're gonna talk about hangman's victory here in a little bit and you you look at what happened in the match with between daniel or brian danielson (laughs) still getting used to that brian danielson and miro so we know brian danielson is the number one contender now and when you look at the so we we're gonna have a brian page match but potentially mjf and page two doesn't it feel like they would do brian earlier like maybe on television and mjf would be a pay-per-view challenger and what do you think about this kyle i think mjf is far down the road i do not expect him to be the challenger at the next pay-per-view cycle even i don't know who it's gonna be no i mean it could be i guess but um, could be four months out, I guess. It's, yeah, it is. I mean, this is this is the longest gap they have between pay per views now mm-hmm. and Revolution, which is what have they announced the official date for it? I know they haven't no. announced where it's going to take place at, but usually it's late February. Uh the Danielson match will probably take place at that battle for the belts show, Battle of the Belts, in early January. I'm imagining. Yeah, so- yeah, Justin and I were talking about this on the car ride home and looking at you know, the upcoming dates and when they could do it because they got a lot of options with, with Danielson and Paige. You've got December 8th, Long Island. You know, that's the big show that's outselling WWE in the same building right around mm-hmm. the same time. Um, and last year, they did the Winter is Coming special. That was December 2nd last year. This one's December 8th, so they could bring that back to build up like a big title match. You've got, they're in the Greensboro Coliseum on December 22nd. You got the Christmas time tie in there and in a big building with a lot of history. If they really want to run it fast, they got there in Chicago in two weeks, November 24th. I don't think that's going to happen. You've got the TBS debut of Dynamite on January 5th. And then, as Kyle said, the Battle of the Belts on January 8th. But like, even that's almost two months away. Like, can they drag it out that far with Brian having just won the number one contendership? I don't I don't know when they do. I mean, there's a lot of options. I just they can't possibly drag out Brian to revolution. I feel like it has to be a TV match. Yeah, especially um, since I, he's already earned the shot. I think it's yeah. gotta happen in 2021. Like you mm-hmm. said, there's just no way to drag this out. I, I mean, if 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 they've got the big quarterly special though, I, I don't know. I think that's when they're gonna do it. The Danielson match is that January eighth show. And that's if I was a betting man. Yeah. It feels like that that could be the case too, but then I also look at it as also though, you know, three days earlier, it's the debut of Dynamite on TBS. They're switching channels. Like, do you want to present a big match? Is it more important to present a big match on the Wednesday Dynamite on the new network, you know, to get people to tune in? You could go either way on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, I I mean, MJF is obviously going to be in the mix. He's beaten all three of the other pillars now. Mm-hmm. I, we can talk about it later, but I have an idea who he might be feuding with and it won't be okay. Paige. 
Okay. But I, I did. It's funny well, the finish. I, I yeah. just to get back to it. He spent an inordinate amount of time, and I don't know if you guys could tell us, but fixing his junk during the match. <laughs> like, and I thought he was just being a good heel and being like, "Hey, look at my junk" and stuff like that. But it turned out the ring was in there, and yeah. you know that's like, <laughs> and you know after all that time of bragging about winning with the side headlock, he won with the side headlock. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk about what MJF does in the interim. Darby's probably going to want revenge, right? I don't think mm-hmm. he takes that law. I don't think he's just like, well, I lost, you know, F me. He's, you know, I could see Darby and Sting getting a tag win over Wardlow and Spears or something. But yeah. Darby's going to probably want to go for MJF. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, MJF, even if he does challenge at Revolution, we got all many, many months. So he's going to have to have a couple of feuds before then. Yeah, well, also, this is something I really want to ask you guys in the building because I, for being there. They announced the time limit at one point, or how much time had elapsed. Mm-hmm. And when they did that, I was like, oh, are they going 30? Because I think, J- well, you wouldn't know, but JR said, this is a 30-minute time limit, folks. And the only other time I remember they announced a time limit in AEW was the Danielson-Omega match that went the time limit. So yeah, was there chatter in the building? Did you guys think it was going to go the time limit? Maybe, and did they announce the time for any other match? The rest yes. of the show, okay, they, they did. did, they did, and and I think it might just be something you miss a lot of the times. I think they do announce time limits, and okay. you know, a decent amount enough that it makes sense that they would do it here. I did not think they would. Uh, just I, that's not how you start a pay per view, and especially since they just did that with Omega and Danielson. Mm-hmm fairly recently i was not with them doing the draw i think it was just to build a little bit more tension to the finish yeah it did cross my mind i will say on that one because it was the first match it kind of came because we had such a hard time and you guys talked about on the prediction show a little bit but this was kind of a tough one to call yes and so i thought when they when i heard the announcement because it was the first match and i hadn't seen that happen the rest of the show yet it was it did cross my mind maybe they could do that but no, it was it was a really solid opening match. Uh, Justin, I think you said this was your favorite match of the show that night. Um, hindsight, probably my second favorite, uh, but I did love it because it was all about you know one up in each other, you know trading holes back and forth, back and forth, the same thing. The that uh, small cradle rolling around the ring spot was uh, that really popped the crowd, and no. the the finish protected Darby and I and. Also, like as Kyle already pointed out, uh, MJF, you know, said he was going to win with that side headlock, and he did. Yep. This match was worked more smartly than 95% of WWE matches. If you go back and listen to the Crown Jewel review that Liam and I did, we bemoaned how they do all this stuff in the match. This is in WWE, but like five minutes later doesn't mean anything. In this particular match, it felt like everything they did had meaning moving forward, right? MJF mm-hmm. continued to sell the knee. Every yes. spot built and built. And that was my reaction immediately. I'm like, God, this is a much more smartly worked match than you see in Titan Sports. Yeah, for sure. And, and very different from every other match on the card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with Justin. Though. This was definitely in the top two matches of the night. Yeah. Aaron saying the Darby, Aaron checking and saying the the Darby spots in person are even even more crazy to see when you're there in the building. Absolutely, like especially when he did that coffin drop to the outside, it was insane to watch live. Yeah, this guy, I don't know, 
he stays healthy. I don't know how, man. Knock on wood, he, he stays healthy moving forward. Because, yeah, those spots this guy does are, are insane. They follow that up with the tag team match. All right. And we have a couple of things to talk about here. So Lucha Brothers taking on FTR. This match is for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Lucha Brothers defending. And first of all, maybe we should talk about what happened. Was it the night before? It was the night before. Yeah. So we had gone to have some drinks at this hotel across the street the night before, Aaron and Justin and myself. And we're down on the main level. There's only one bathroom. There's a long line for the bathroom. And so we go over to get in line. And one of the workers was like, no, come with me. There's another bathroom upstairs. She puts us in the elevator. We go up a couple of floors. (laughs) I like where this is going. Yeah. And (laughs) we come out of the elevators like nobody up there. But there's like another uh, restaurant room or something like a bar or something. And as we're walking towards the bathroom, coming from around the corner, it's Mr. Cash Wheeler himself of FTR and I guess his girlfriend. And so he passed us and I was like, oh, hey, how's it going, man? He's like, hello. That's about it. But we just randomly ran into to Cash Wheeler and he wasn't the only wrestler we ran into randomly uh, around Minneapolis. And we'll talk about the other ones here as we get to them. But yeah, that was I think that was the first time of the weekend because that was Friday night before Rampage. So. Yeah, Kyle, maybe didn't go where you were thinking. But, no, uh, I was like, I was, getting, I was like, oh. <laughs> this match was excellent. I I felt in the moment at at the time, and Justin and I talked about this in the crowd, and Aaron talked about it with us too. It just it felt like it went five minutes too long. Like the peak of the match, they did the Eddie tribute, you know, with the three amigos, the frog splash. That crowd went nuts for that and it felt like at the time that that should have been the finish knowing that jericho would win later with a frog splash then now in hindsight it makes sense why that wasn't the finish but this was the first time it happened on the card and the crowd popped so huge and then even after that when they hit their tag team finisher with the package pile driver and the double yes, stomp, that, that, I, that yeah. for sure should have been the finish right i mean you could not top that and then when there was the kick out i was like you know, it lost something after that. You know why they did it because of the whole mass deal and, and to give FTR an out where the wrong the wrong guy, you know, lost or was pinned. But um yeah, it just it felt like it went too long. They missed the apex of the match and in the finish. It was a very, very good match. Not as good as the Bucks Cage match at at uh, all out, but not many matches are. It was, it was an excellent match. I'd go over four stars on it, around four mm. stars probably. Probably probably about four stars, actually. Four to four and a quarter. Probably four. I'd probably give this four. Oh. What would you um, give in the opener? Hmm. I'd give that one probably four and a quarter. Oh, wow. I'd be four stars on this, maybe four and a quarter on that. These were, bo- I mean, excellent, excellent matches to start. Maybe I could maybe even be talked into four and a half on the opener. Oh. To be honest. Uh, yeah, I'd say four stars is about right on this. It was, it was awesome. The crowd was into it. I mean, it peaked. They just went, they went too long. Went about five minutes too long, and they missed missed the crescendo of the match. It felt like. Um, Justin, your thoughts? Anything that stood out to you on this one live? I the finish was just confusing in the moment to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bothered me a lot more uh, in the moment than it does now because it does protect FTR. And frankly, I want to see more matches between these two, and that gives them a pretty good reason to continue it. Um. The Eddie almost, it just made me think that they should have put the uh, Minneapolis street fight 
before this one. So Jericho could have his tribute finish. And then uh, that kickout would have been even more shocking. The mm-hmm. fact that it didn't work. Um, but I'm just, I'm glad they're communicating this kind of stuff. And we didn't get multiple, you know, Eddie tribute finishes. Yeah. We, yeah. we talked about that about on this show, Justin, on the Spotify deal, you and I, how we hope Tony Khan gets everyone together and we're not repeating stuff and we're, mm-hmm. we're differentiating our matches. Yeah. I, I thought this match was almost two matches in one. And I preferred the opening half. And I don't know this, but I would guess it. The opening half of the match was being called by FTR. It was almost like a tag team version of Dean Malenko, Rey Mysterio, their 96 series. And I thought that was the best course of action coming in, what they should have done, where it was, okay, the high-flying babyface, or in this case, babyfaces, are being, you know, grounded. And, and I, I really liked Ray and Dean back in the day, and that's how it was worked. I know that there were some pure Lucha fans who did not like the way those matches were worked. I, I disagreed strongly with that at the time. But I, I thought it was really good, and then it was all about the Lucha Bros, you know, kind of breaking out, hitting their stuff. The problem was I think they just hit too much stuff. Like you said, I thought the package pile driver absolutely should have been the finish. The actual finish, while it did protect FTR, I think you just said this, Justin, it didn't really get over in the building. and. It, and even no, watching, yeah, even watching it live, it just was like, Ugh. so I don't know. I, I would, I wouldn't go four stars on this. I mean, it was good, no doubt about it. But um, yeah, I, I just thought it was two and one. And the second half was obviously a Lucha Bros style match. I, I prefer mm-hmm. the FTR portion of the program. I think. So real quick, what would you have given the opener? Like four and a quarter, probably four and a quarter. I like to rewatch things before I give them official ratings, but. It felt four and a quarter-ish. Well, I should say I haven't seen any of these on TV. But yeah. just from, from being there, I, like yeah. four stars feels about right to me. But I, I definitely need to watch it back, too. This I feel like this show I, I want to watch back even more than All Out for some reason. Just yeah. to see what it was, how it came across. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a solid, solid, solid match. And then you get to the third bout of the show, which we already kind of talked about the result. Brian Danielson defeating Miro. And... Look, this was another awesome one. Uh, another one that was hard to predict going in. This is where Brian wins the uh, Eliminator Tournament, so he has a future shot at the world title. I will tell you, one thing that shocked me was the crowd response because Miro was cheered more than Brian, uh, and it wasn't really that close, I didn't think. I mean, he's, he definitely was cheered more. Brian outside, definitely had Outside a, of the yes chance. Yeah, yeah. Brian like had his supporters, no doubt about it, but I was shocked. And I know, like, our whole group was kind of shocked by how over Miro was. Like, these promos he's doing on TV, man, and they're so good. We talk about them, you know, week after week, are really, really getting him over with the crowd. We saw that there. I mean, they were hot for Miro. So I was shocked by that because Brian's still new in the promotion. I figured he'd get the majority of the cheers. I'd say it was like a 60 to 40 split, maybe, or so. But, yeah, Miro definitely was the crowd favorite. And... Did you guys feel like because Miro lost, you know, by that submission or technical submission, do you think that he was protected in the loss, uh, Kyle? I mean, they play up the neck deal all the time. Um, 
Yeah, I think he's fine. I, I Look, I think with Miro, you can heat him up. I mean, it was a spot where he wasn't supposed to lose. Keep in mind, that spot was intended for John Moxley. Justin, again, mm-hmm. on the Spotify show, we had talked about that. Okay, who was originally going to win this? Does Miro being uh, in this spot instead of Moxley change Tony Khan's decision? I don't think it did. I thought it was just too early for Brian Danielson to lose uh, at this you know early juncture of his AEW career. I think Miro will be fine. Uh, mm-hmm. You can always heat him back up and get him back in that TNT title picture. He'll be good. Um, as far as D- Danielson goes and getting that reaction, I'll let Justin give his thoughts on this match, but I have ideas what what I'd like to see from Brian Danielson on TV moving forward, but I, I want to hear what Justin says about the match first. Um, This match made me realize how much crowd reaction can rattle me and take me out of a match more than any other one on this card. This is the one I need to rewatch because I was just flabbergasted by the, Mm -hmm. the overwhelming uh, support for Miro on it. Um, So the match itself was really good. I mean, Brian trying to figure out how to, you know, get a hold of this monster and uh, the, the guillotine choke was, was a nice way to finish it. So the, the DDT was a little sloppy, I thought, off the rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but yeah. Um, so what do I think he should do? So it's interesting. Yeah. We're talking about the reaction he had. I would have Danielson come out Wednesday night on Dynamite, confront Page, say, "Hey man, congratulations on being the new AEW champion. I'm the number one contender." And then I'd have him throw out this line where he goes, "You know, hey." Proud of you. Congratulations. He's like, part of me kind of wishes it was Kenny Omega still champion. I wanted to wrestle him. See how the crowd reacts to that line. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. And based on the react, I mean, look, different cities react different ways, but maybe Danielson's a little heelish in the buildup for this. Against He's been a Kane. little heelish. Did you guys yes. see his comments in the scrum afterwards? In the post-show scrum where he talked about how he's not here to help the young talent. He's here to be world champion. There you go. So, I I, I mean, I think he doesn't have to go all the way heel. May, I mean, maybe he does, but I I would I would have him throw that line out and see how the crowd responds to it. We know he's wrestling evil Uno on that show, and one would surmise he's probably going to wrestle multiple people in the Dark Order leading up to his title match, go through them. I think if so. you did it if you did it this week, you might be leaning in to maybe making him a heel because it is in Virginia, you know, mm-hmm. the ho- the home of Hangman Page. Uh, so I, I do think you'd get a pretty negative response there compared yeah. to maybe other towns. Yeah, I mean, let's see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, Hangman's That's going funny. to be a babyface champion, right? You don't yeah. want him getting a negative reaction. So if you're trying to avoid you know, potentially him being eclipsed by Brian Danielson whenever they do have that match. It's an idea. Yeah. Um, all right. The six man tag. So we've got Christian and Jurassic Express uh, victorious over the super click. And we've talked about this on the show a lot. I and mean, Kyle, you've been very vocal about, you know, Christian becoming a heel. We've seen this, this slow heel turn maybe coming for him. What we've seen here with this feud is Christian kind of like introducing Jungle Boy to the dark side a little bit. You know, Jungle Boy is reluctant to use the chair to do the concerto there. And then then at the end, he tells Christian, 
he wants to do it and he does it. But we're definitely seeing this darker side of Jungle Boy and probably eventually the the turn of of Christian. Uh, thoughts on this match, gentlemen? I thought in, in the building personally, I mean, <clears throat> these guys are super over. Of course, Adam Cole gets the massive pop because of the call and response with the crowd. Uh, Jungle Boy, this this kid is just a, is a star. I mean, he is he is definitely in that next generation that's going to be main eventing in AEW for a long time. It's obvious when you're there in the building. People love the entrance music, of course, but they pop for almost everything he does uh, in the ring as well. So this was a good one. The Young Bucks obviously get a huge, huge response from the crowd. We weren't quite sure what his what the Young Bucks tights were supposed to be a tribute to because they were kind of like pinkish. You know, if they would have been like purple, you would have saw like the Prince tribute maybe. But they weren't really purple. It was like a pinkish color. I don't know. It, well, it looked cool. I was going to say pink and black. You guys had to be thrilled from the super collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Bret, Bret Hart tribute in Minneapolis. Yeah. I, I was just happy. Yeah, I was just happy that the baby faces came out in jeans, wearing their street fighting yeah. gear. We noticed that too. We were talking about that in the crowd. Yeah, so that's, that's how you it do a, it. It was a fun match. Um, yeah. What, what did you think about it, Kyle? Are you watching it across on TV. It went five minutes too long, and this mm-hmm. was the match where Jim Ross, and this is why I would invite you guys to watch, annoyed me because. Mm. I don't know if he's not clued into what the finish is, but he had this one call, which in retrospect was just abysmal because he was like, oh, this has got to be it. And like, he like basically like told the audience, if this isn't the finish, then this sucks. And it wasn't the finish. So I don't know why he would do that unless he wasn't clued in and not cluing your announcers in to finishes. I think is stupid. If I was the announcer, I would demand to know every finish or like just refuse to work. I don't love the pay-per-view. I mean, you know how meticulous I am with my notes. So I, I just don't know what what was up with him. I mean, he, he wasn't very good on the show. He seemed grumpy. I don't know if it was because Oklahoma got its ass handed to him by Baylor early in the day. I would think that <laughs> might have had something to do with it. But he was not good on the show, and he was not good in this match. You know, even though it was a six-person deal, street fights just shouldn't go as long as this one did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you could have shaved five minutes off, and it wouldn't have been worse, but... The baby faces going over did surprise me a little bit. I thought there might be some baby face drama leading to that Christian heel turn, but it was quite the opposite where Jungle Boy was like, no, he followed Christian's lead and he won the match. And hey, we talk about it all the time. Jungle Boy needs big wins. This was a big win for him. And Adam Cole didn't take the fall. So uh, no issues there. And there's nothing wrong with uh, taking their time with what we assume to be this Christian heel turn. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they got something good and long in store for him. Yeah. I mean, I I expect that match to take place at revolution. Again, they have so much time and Mm -hmm. you know, there's been nothing overt in that direction. We just assume it because I think it's a logical piece of matchmaking. And I think Christian is someone who can carry jungle boy. um, I shouldn't say carry jungle boy, but I think working with Christian will make jungle boy a better all around professional wrestler. I think that's why I'm so adamant that that feud will happen. Christian's going to, you know, I think teach him to slow it down and how to work kind of a main event baby face style. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, 22 minutes and 35 seconds. It was the second longest match on the show, only behind the main event. So uh, at this point, we're rolling, though. I mean, it was still a fun match. Yep. We're, we're four matches in. We're four for four. And then we get to Cody and Pac taking on Malachi Black and Andrade and to me this was the first one on the show where I was like 
all right, this should have just been on Dynamite. You know, like I know they want to get some of these guys out there on pay per view, and it's a it was a four hour pay per view, but it, it was packed. There wasn't you know much uh, much downtime as as we have said throughout. It did feel long at times, though, even with all the great action. And this was one where I was like, yeah, this 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 could have been like a main event on a dynamite. You could have built this up, tried to pop some viewership and done that. I'm not sure that this is a pay-per-view main or not main event, but a pay-per-view match that you really need. Uh, I the, don't know. the assumption has got to be that Tony didn't want to go two straight pay-per-views without Cody uh, mm-hmm. getting Malachi on his first pay-per-view. Um I assume that's been, and frankly, for me, this was uh, when I went to the restroom. Finally, yep. <laughs> I, I got worried after that fourth match. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it seems like, you know, there it's kind of a badge of honor to make the pay-per-view in this industry, right? No matter what company you're in. If it's WWE, AW, you want to be on the pay-per-view. It's kind of a slight if you're not. It's easy for you know, some Yahoo like me who's sitting on his couch to say this. I think it's better when you're the main event of a TV show than you're the fourth match on a pay-per-view. I it's, really yeah. do. Especially because you with, stand out. Especially with the way Tony treats TV. Yes. TV is yeah. important. Mm-hmm. I, again, go back to the countdown special, uh, which they aired during the bite. This match was not featured, so it just kind of felt a little out of place on the pay-per-view. It's four people who they have big plans for. Okay, four people who always should certainly be in the mix. It just, it was the one match that I think we can say, I don't know where you go from here. The post-match was odd with FTR showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I just I just don't know what they're doing here. Sometimes that can be good, but here it just feels like, eh, I, if you put this on TV and not in the middle of a four-hour pay-per-view, it gets more time to breathe and you can develop stuff better, I think. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, did the Cody boos come across as loudly at home as they did in the Target Center? Yes. And I think I'm going to start cheering Cody Rhodes now. Mm, okay. <laughs> just, the ironic cheers. Just to spite everybody. Well, he was getting a lot of Triple H and Cody Helmsley chants, at least from the area of the arena uh, we were in. Okay, that, was, okay. that is such a okay. reach. That is such okay, a reach. I'm, okay, I'm in fucking tears right now. Because <laughs> like we've talked about on the show, like there's not really any comparison. Cody puts over everybody. <laughs> you know, like he's not out there burying people. I don't really get that comparison. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're if you're gonna call him Helmsley, just because he's involved in in management, you should be doing the same thing for Omega and the Bucks. None of them deserve that comparison. But should Cody bust out the 1996 Triple H curtsy during his next match? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How awesome would that be? There, there is no doubt that they are playing into it now. Yes. This, oh, for this, sure. From from right from the start, the bell rings and he tags himself in. You know. Pac was ready to go, excuse me, Pac. Uh, there was a couple other times in the the match, it was very deliberately presented that he was not doing his part in the match, just hanging out outside. Um, and, then, and then you look back to a few weeks ago when he does the Tiger Driver. I, I have no doubt that they he purposely wanted people to think he was going to do the pedigree. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's it's a it seems to be like a slow, deliberate turn. I can't really call him a baby face at this point because they're playing into all of it big time. So we'll see how it plays out. Long term storytelling, as we say, they do a lot of this. 
They're doing it with Jungle Boy and Christian. They're doing it here with Cody. And, you know, we'll see what yep. happens. I just don't know what the storyline is for him, to be honest. It I, just I, seems like they're building up to like a full on turn. Like he, he keeps hinting at it. He's not there to make the tag here for Pac. There's there's two things they can do is is one is to treat him like Cena, you know, the the baby face who just refuses to turn, even though that's all the crowd wants, because there was still a very large portion that cheered for Cody. Uh, cer- certainly during spots in that match. Um, the other thing you can do is eventually he basically tells the crowd to go screw themselves and, you know, he gives himself a title shot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what a good way piece to do of it. business that would be. I don't know <laughs> if he's turning. As of right now, if you ask me to bet, I would actually lean that he's not going to turn. So well, then why, did, why, are they, why are they treating his character like someone who is turning? Because like with Cena... He wouldn't really overtly act like a heel. Because I but think Cody tr- is. Because I think they're trying to flesh it out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. They're g- just trying to get a reaction. Yeah, I, I think it's as our. You think that'll Wade make people Ke- cheer him? I, I don't, look, I don't, I'm not <laughs> writing it, but I just think it's what our friend Wade Keller might refer to as uh, meta level performance. Yeah, I think I think the turn's going to happen. We'll see, but it seems like they're slowly building up to that. He, like he doesn't want to do it right away, but like there's little hints ar- along the way, and, and like definitely they're they're hinting at it this most of this match. So we'll see, but yeah, I I mean I I stick by that comment. I don't think it was necessarily a pay per view match, but I understand why it was because they wanted to get these guys out there on pay per view. And Justin Joint, speaking of wrestlers that the Top Rope Nation crew ran into, tell this one. Malachi yeah, I was, I was I was really disappointed that me and Aaron's good friend Malachi lost the match. <laughs> uh, somebody was a little bedridden on Saturday, so so me and Aaron ventured off on our own. Yep, uh, found a nice pub, had a Bloody Mary and a beer and some fish and chips. But on the way there, we ran into Malachi Black uh, crossing the road from the hotel to go to the Target Center and uh, just briefly, you know, told him to have a good show and to go fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> I I was missing an action. I was napping in my hotel room when this happened. And when they told me, Justin was like, oh, we were like, Ryan's going to be so pissed that he missed this. And then later on that night, they're like, oh, you know who else you missed? We saw uh, exiting a limo and going to the arena, Charlotte Flair. But they were just trying to screw no, with me. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Malachi Black was another one. Run into on the streets. Uh by the top row nation crew so all right Britt baker tay conti or ty conti sorry ty conti um Britt baker just star response from the crowd of course as i mentioned earlier jamie hater and rebel were both great on the outside playing into the crowd uh ty conti has come a long way as a performer she got a great pop from the crowd um they love the intro and, and you know playing into her her mma background and everything it wasn't a super great match, I have to say. Um, again, Ty's like still learning. I think she, I think the ceiling for her is high, um, but it was. It definitely kind of. It felt to me in the building it had kind of a slow pace to it, but it wasn't bad. It was. It was decent. But uh, this is when I actually went to use the bathroom <laughs> after the match started. And I got out there very quickly. What I will say about the Target Center. Great bathrooms, hardly any lines throughout. Like, you know, you're not waiting down the corridor like some of the other buildings I've been in, and they they have enough stalls. So, I was, you know, I was up the stairs, ran into the bathroom, came out, didn't miss much of the 
much of the match at all. So I thought it was decent. I'd like to see Ty Conti get this this spot on, on a pay-per-view card, changing it up a little bit with the challengers and everything and continuing to build her up. Fairly average match, though, I thought. How did this come across on TV, Kyle? This was the third of three that I wrote down needed to have three to five minutes shaved off. The other ones being the tag title match and the six-man falls count anywhere. And again, like the tag match, there was a very specific spot and I'm struggling to recall what it was now because I don't have it written down in front of me. Maybe you guys remember it. There was a specific spot where I'm like, okay, this is the finish. And then it wasn't. And then they went like five minutes beyond it, and, uh, and it, the finish wasn't as strong as that. It, it felt like they were kind of losing them during the extra five minutes. But again, you know, people have their stopwatches out, obviously, with the women's division and AEW. They probably felt that they needed to give him a lot of time. And look, it's mm-hmm. a, I mean, it's a big title match. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the issue that this match faced, Justin, you said it earlier, was that we all knew Baker was winning. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think this was the easiest match to predict, probably of the of the nine on the card. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I, I would say too. I was a little surprised that we didn't get Anna Jay out there. For this, because they've they played, you know, they've tag team before. Yeah. They play into their friendship all the time. And with Britt having two people out there, I thought at some point Anna Jay would come down. Didn't happen. Yeah, especially given how much, you know, they do stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, Sting came out for the Derby match. Yeah, it shocked me because it's like her best friend, her best friend's biggest match ever. She's out there. It's three on one and she never appeared. So that that was that was a little shocking to me. But yeah, like I said, I like to see Ty Conti getting this opportunity Decent match. I agree with Kyle. Could have could have used five minutes less, probably. Justin, any thoughts? Uh, no, I think you guys summed everything up. At least anything I would have said about it. Yeah, I I, I do like that Conte tap that she ended up getting cradled. Yeah. Yes. Very good point. Punk and Eddie. This one we were mm. really Eddie Kingston. We were very much looking forward to to see what the crowd dynamic would be because you know. Eddie Kingston was so good in the buildup with that Rampage promo. And then right after that, he had the Players' Tribune article drop. So you're getting people on his side for sure. And Punk got a massive reaction when Cult of Personality came on, obviously. Um, it felt... this was It was pretty 50-50. Maybe a little bit more cheers for Eddie Kingston. I don't know. Would you kick it, her, it, Justin? It, it depended on the moment. I think there's yeah. pretty major pops uh, for both guys. Uh, loud chants for both guys. But it... It all depended on the moment, maybe uh, a little bit more throughout for Eddie, um, but it's mm-hmm. also hard to know with all the tribute stuff if they were actually cheering for him or Guerrero. Yeah, it was it was an interesting one to watch. Very interesting crowd dynamic. It's this was the match I was looking forward to the most on the show. Actually, after the the, mm-hmm. the preceding couple of weeks of build, even more so than the main event. And I thought it lived up to it. I thought it was a really good match. A couple of small notes. I like that, uh, and Justin, you mentioned this in the crowd, that Punk has now settled on a ring gear kind of mix yes, of the long tights finally. and the trunks. <laughs> I thought the MMA shorts was a, was a good mix. That was a good look on him. Um, the match is 11 minutes, which I'm not always a fan, as people know, listening to this podcast, of matches going way too long. Sometimes that bothers me. I like to have, you know, a shorter match once in a while. I think it can be just as good. 11 minutes. You know, some people I heard that night talking about in the crowd right behind us, even that they were 
surprised it didn't go longer. But you know, at the same time, like, is Eddie Kingston going to work a 25, 30 minute match? I don't think so. That's not really is his Is CM Punk going to work a 25 minute match? The guy's had how many matches in seven years? <laughs> but like, you know what I'm it, saying? With the Kingston, I mean, it's not really ever. You know, that's not really been his forte. But but the thing is, like, it was such a battle and such a fight that I was actually shocked when I saw it was only 11 minutes because it, it felt longer, not like in a bad way that it was dragging out. But it's like, it, you know, it it seemed like these guys were just going to war. Yeah, everything felt big in this match. Yeah, to, to my point earlier about the false count anywhere match, fights shouldn't last long. Mm-hmm. A real fight doesn't last long. Yep. You know, like Rocky Four, that that doesn't happen with him and Ivan Dracco, where you go fifteen <laughs> rounds just trading bombs. So I thought this was the perfect length. Um, yeah. The crowd, you know, this is just me watching on television. It felt like you guys definitely picked back up for this one after mm-hmm. kind of falling oh, yeah. into a mid-shoulder dolt doldrum <laughs> somewhat i think i thought this was going to be right in the middle of the show like this would be the middle match and you'd you know whatever they chose to open would open you know what was going on last this would go right in the middle and those would be your anchors uh but you know again going on seventh and a nine match show people looking forward to it 11 minutes was fine this was tied with the opener for my best match of the night absolutely loved it I think moving forward for Punk, it's interesting. What do they do? I see a feud with him and MJF. That's He's the guy who I was referencing earlier. Uh, what do you do with MJF moving forward? Uh, that's something I would love to see in terms of, you know, um, the mic battle, right? You, you've mm-hmm. kind of, right, with Kingston's gotten that hard edge back with Punk now. We've seen mm-hmm. it, right? You were joking about CM Dad a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, uh, Justin. So the harder edge that we all wanted from Punk is back. And I wrote on Facebook that when, not if, when AEW does its biggest match of 2022, which will be Adam Page against CM Punk, CM Punk probably turning heel, you can draw a line back probably to this match as the start of Punk's character change. And let me tell you, when he acted like he was going to do the five knuckle shuffle, <laughs> yeah. that crowd, they went nuts. So and good. I am ashamed to admit that I was screaming, do it. <laughs> do it. Oh, yeah, yes, I absolutely was, wanted yes. to see him do it. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. yeah that nice grin on his face. Yeah. yeah. That was that was excellent. Great stuff there. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Kyle. I saw you make that point in the uh in the Facebook mm-hmm. group, which by the way, join link in the podcast description if you're not in it. Pro wrestling discussion group. Uh I, I agree. We'll we'll see that shift eventually. And um right now, you know, Punk is still soaking in the in the cheers and he's smiling CM Punk most of the time and everything, <laughs> yeah. but but we're we're gonna see he's that. He's got a little because, of that edge though. He's got a little of that edge well, with this. Well they dude. and they brought yeah. And, you know, they also brought in the fact, you know, in this feud, like Eddie Kingston is the hungry guy coming after him. And Punk's no longer like that hungry young guy anymore. You know, like yeah. he's a a, six, a success across. He didn't win a lot, but he's a name in MMA. People know now he's done broadcasting in MMA. Um, he's been in movies now. Like he's a millionaire. So he's not like the up and coming guy that he was 10 years no. ago. So like. So now there's a different dynamic to his character that he can play into eventually. And, and yeah, well, I think we'll and, see that over the next few months. And Kingston brought up that not all the boys in the back like him. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I think Punk, and I, when you look at like the big names coming out of this pay-per-view, you write down, all right, who's positioned to be at the top of the card moving forward? Obviously, Hangman Page is your world champion. You've got Brian Danielson, your number one contender. CM Punk and MJF, though, big wins on pay-per-view. I look at that match and the potential the feud has. I really want to see that. Yeah. For sure. Because I, I think it could get nasty on the mic, which is what I want to see. And, you know, we talk about fans cheering for MJF because he's maybe eaten up the baby face a little bit. I'm not saying necessarily he did that with Darby, but I don't know. Maybe that, that had something to do with the response. He ain't going to eat up CM Punk, MJF on the mic. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, so, right. I mean, that, I think that those are equals when it comes to promo ability. Mm hmm. Agree. So in this semi-main spot, they put the Minneapolis street fight with the inner circle taking on America's top team. And so, you know, of the two matches I thought could be cut, it was this one and the aforementioned Cody and, and Pac versus Matt. Wow. Yeah, this I, one, I just, here's, here's the deal with it. I know they're bringing in these MMA names and everything, and it's been a long build for sure. But at the same, like, to me, again, this is like one that you could build up as the main event and and build a, pay, uh, a tel television show around. Versus it being, this is when it felt like, to me in the building, I was like, all right, just get me to the main event. The show is getting a little long at this point. I, you know, of course, you want the the Jericho entrance, so I get it. And you got Sammy out there, and you know, Sammy's awesome. So, but Dan Lambert draws heat. Lam yeah, and yeah, he he drew a lot of heat from the crowd. We actually ran into him after the show too. Oh, uh, I got to hear about this. We didn't talk to him. He just walked oh. past us. But he was talking to fans in front of this hotel that we were walking in front of on the way to the bar. We were on the way to the bar connected to First Avenue. Can't remember what it's called now. Um, but it's like it's part of First Avenue, but like a sidebar. So we were on the way there, and a lot of the wrestlers were just walking across the street from the Target Center into that hotel where they must have all been staying. And like Mark Henry came past us and uh, I think I saw Riho and then Dan Lambert and Lambert had fans all around him and they were all like complimenting him about how, how he's <laughs> done a great job and stuff, even though he's been such a huge heel. And Lambert, of course, he sounds a lot different when he's not out there screaming at the mm -hmm. top of his lungs. And he was just very like, oh, thank you so much. And they're like, well, we hope to see more of you. And he's like, I hope so, too. And he was just like very subdued and very nice to all the fans. <laughs> Way different from what you see on TV. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Liam messaged me earlier today. He was re-watching the Jungle Boy MJF match from Double or Nothing last year. Do you know who was in the front row for that match? Lambert? Yes. Yeah. Nice. He was uh, among those in the crowd. All right. Aaron, Aaron checking in the chat, chat real quick. The Depot. That was the name of the okay. bar. Yeah. Okay. I said this on the Spotify show. I'm going to reiterate right now. This feud is way more over, to, meaning Inner Circle versus America Top Team, than Twitter.com wants to admit. I, To me, in the building, this came across as people were into it. And it I is think very, it's, it is very, it's for sure very over. I've said that every week after week yeah. that the crowd is their huge heels. It, it's very well built. I just. I just saw it as like a match you could headline a TV show with. I but. think it's the only match that could have followed Punk and Kingston when you're doing the card. A any other match on this show you put after Punk and Kingston would die a horrible death. This was the literally the only match I think you could have put up. And look, or I guess the falls count anywhere. But 
if it's late in the show and, and you're going that long, maybe not. Uh, to me, this when you're talking about car, card construction, I figured they were going to put this after Punk and Kicks, and I thought they might have gone a few spots earlier in the card, but then God, I mean, uh, whatever got put in between those two in the main event might have not had the heat you wanted, but I thought this was fine. I, I get that. Okay. You had this and the falls kind of anywhere on the same card, but people consistently week to week in the buildings were responding to this feud. The only thing I would have liked to see done different. Um, one is Andre Arlovsky to maybe know what he was doing. But mm-hmm. uh, two was <laughs> I would like to see Jericho pin Lambert with the old arrogant cover from WCW. Oh, yeah. Come on, baby. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I had no problem with this. Like there were there are people every week on Twitter who complain about this feud. And there were people. Complain, I, I have no problem with this. I'm not I am not a, a complainer about this. Oh, one. I'm not saying well, you just were to be crystal I'm, clear. I'm no, just no, I'm uh, just saying like. I thought it would have been fine as the main event of a television show because it, the way they've built it. But, you know, it was it was fine for what it was. Maybe a little bit long. Had some cool spots. Like the Sammy spot with the ladder obviously was awesome. Guevara uh, was awesome in this match. Yeah. 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 Him, now, him, was, him and Paige were the the MVPs. Yeah. It was it was weird. There was a street fight and they started with everyone tagging. That was kind of confusing. But, you know what? Uh, I think they did it to differentiate from the Falls Count Anywhere, even if it kind of made no sense. Because <laughs> no I was like, okay, this was on. Uh, <laughs> Ethan Page, Justin, a very good call. We need to compliment this guy a little more. There's a skill to being the guy who can take Baron Von Raschke's claw and have that be something that the people definitely get over or, or definitely into. He, he's a guy that can do that. Uh, I think Ethan Page um, he, he has been on a real roll. I thought the match against Sammy was really good a few weeks ago on TV. I like yeah. Ethan Page. Yeah, Page is awesome. He's great. Um, so. Aaron mentioned in the chat that it was a tough match to watch in person because there's so much going on. He didn't know where to look. 100% agree. That This is why it's it's one I need to watch on TV Yeah. again. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was fine for what it was. I'm just saying that like, a lot of the criticism on these AEW pay-per-views has been that they're a little long. I don't necessarily think so because they only have a show every quarter. So I do think, you know, you try to pack a lot on there because they're giving you your money's worth. You're paying 50 bucks. You definitely get your money's worth and you're only getting a show every three months or so. Mm-hmm. But for the people who want shorter, tighter shows, if I had to cut for sure, it would have been the tag I mentioned earlier first. That was the biggest one, the Cody tag. After that, if I was looking to cut a second match and have it main event a TV show, it probably would have been this one. That was my point. See, yeah, I, I think you could have gotten away with cutting that tag if you're going to cut a match. But I, uh, Frank and I were talking in this group. I think it was the issue wasn't having nine matches. I think it's that several of the matches went too long. And I actually don't think this match went too long at all. This match, I don't think I'll overstate its welcome at all. This inner circle American top team deal. I, I think compared to the tag title match, the women's title match, and the Falls Count Anywhere, this was appropriately timed. Although you could argue cutting out the beginning portion when they treated it like a tag team match. Yeah. Yeah. Although the the pop was big when it the kerfuffle finally started. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the thing. It, it also was a way to kind of introduce everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it didn't necessarily lead to anything in the second half. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's get oh, to the main event. Did you guys? Yeah. 
did you guys bring up uh baron von raftke oh that was but, yes. that was fantastic yeah, yeah okay. i said it with ethan page yeah when you stepped okay. away i said yeah, yeah, yeah. when gotcha. he when i just wanted when to page make sure. took the, yeah when page took the claw um yeah, I, I but when you had when you had referenced him, I, I said that the page was the perfect. Yeah. The, the Baron is at the Tragos Thes Hall of Fame here in Iowa every single year. Great guy, super nice. Doesn't age much. <laughs> he doesn't look all that much different from his wrestling days, to be honest with you. And yeah, he got a huge. I mean, this is a this is a legend in the Upper Midwest, and he got a yeah got an a AWA mainstay. Obviously, yeah. I was surprised yeah. Greg Gagne wasn't walking around taking credit for everything. By the way, did you guys run into him? <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> he, he Do you was, know who I am? Was, I'm Greg Gagne. You don't know? Yeah, he didn't hang outside the building and say, you know, I came up with the elite. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the elite. Adam Page, Kenny Omega, two years of build. I mean, I think everybody expected Page to win, which he did. Awesome, awesome. WWE awesome brain match. people didn't. But, yeah, I, mean, I know. Those did did you see dumb. that online? Like, yeah. every person, like whether it was in a Facebook group or on Twitter, everyone who predicted Omega tended to be someone who, I don't want to call him like a WWE fan, but like definitely enjoys WWE more than I do. Or we do collectively. I mean, how holy the, Ray, uh, this guy how stinks. That, how about that? The money is in the chase guy. He's been chasing for two years. <laughs> this has been a two-year build. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know he challenged for the for the world title at the start of AEW. I thought they tied this together so well. Anybody who thinks that this company does not long-term book. Is fooling themselves. I mean, all the details along the way with Adam Page's journey. You know, the Bucks that wouldn't go out with him for that for that title match at the start of AEW. The tag team with Kenny Omega. The hints at the split forever. Eventually the split. Adam Page losing his confidence. Getting built back up. The Dark Order helping him along the way. Wins the world title on this night. The Dark Order come out and celebrate with him. Just awesome, awesome storytelling. And I love the bit. You know, sorry, I know... Our friend David Bixen, Bixen Span out there, who we give a lot of credit on the pod. He didn't like the uh, the acting from the Young Bucks in this. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Ooh, okay. I did. I mean, I'm watching it. For, maybe I need to watch the TV broadcast. I don't know how you don't love that. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, to have them come out and you wonder, are they going to stop him as he's getting ready for the lariat? And they let him do it. And, you know, he looks down at him and they give him the approval and he takes out Kenny Omega. I mean, this could lead to... Kenny splitting off from the Bucks, turning babyface maybe eventually. I hope Kenny takes some time off and heals up, first of all. I mean, he he deserves yeah. a little bit of a break. But I thought that that tied the whole story together perfectly because the Bucks were involved at the very start of this company when a, when Paige got that first world title victory. And they didn't, they didn't give him that approval, you know, when he was going out there for the match. And here they come out and non-verbally... They gave him the approval, and he takes out Kenny Omega and wins. It's like a two-year story coming together in the end. I thought it was great. I, I think the only criticism is like the Matt Jackson face. Sometimes. So I couldn't, he, I couldn't see that maybe. Yeah, you like know, he, in the he has that. It's like it, it comes off as kind of community theater, and I guess if well, most pro wrestling does. Let's yeah, yeah, that's I, what I was it, gonna say. That's very. Pro I mean, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't nitpick this feel, too much. I, I feel like it's the kind of thing that. What people say is, well, if WWE did that, you would be all over them. Is is I think what people would say. I, I didn't think it it added an interesting layer. I think it depends where they go with it. 
like the Bucks doing that? Like, where does that lead? I think we all think, you know, again, you talk big picture moving forward. There's going to be some sort of split within the elite, probably by the uh, end of the next pay-per-view cycle, right? You're having a lot of people come into this promotion, potentially. Yeah. Not a lot, but multiple new people come that could um, mess with that dynamic. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but, but, but yeah, I, it, it was a choice. I think to do that, it wasn't something I was expecting with the Bucks. Uh, the other thing that was interesting, and Justin, you were very adamant about this on the Spotify show, and it did not happen. Boom. There was no one wigged angel kick out from Paige. Yeah. Now Omega kicked out of the move. What do you think? I think people were waiting for it to happen, but. Him still having a protected finish isn't the worst thing in the world, I think, when I yep. thought about it afterwards. I, I Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I was disappointed definitely that night. I was really hoping for it. You know, it, around that moment was the you know, normally a, at one time during every ref, wrestling show that me and Ryan go to, I get so excited that I grab Ryan and I start shaking <laughs> him. And that, that was about the moment I started doing that that mm-hmm. night. Um, but yeah, part of me was like, what are you saving it for? If not this, but just this story and Paige winning the title is enough to make this a great moment. And you can save that kick out for something down the road, uh, for someone maybe who we were not even seeing coming yet or, or um, just there a return was match. apparently or a return match. Um, yeah, absolutely. There was apparently a coda sign in the front row that they made sure to show on camera um and just i really quick wanted to point out because i don't know if they mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know if you actually got this on tv but just devil being in the details and maybe a tiny shout out to moxley when the dark order came out to celebrate with Paige, they brought him a beer which he promptly grabbed and threw it outside the ring didn't want it it's Mm -hmm. it's a new hangman page Mm mm-hmm I do yeah, have it, one complaint about the match. Uh-oh. Uh, I, I I, loved it. I mean, it's it's probably right up there with uh, Darby and MJF. The problem is that, uh, I don't know, I think Hangman needs to put some conditioner in his hair or something. He gets that, <laughs> he's got that frizzy, dry look at the end of th- these long battles. And, you know, it just <laughs> kind of takes me out of it. Need some sweat. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to, he needs to Bret Hart that stuff. Four out of ten on the sweat scale. The Justin Joint <laughs> sweat scale. I need but, to like make an image to put up on the video stream of your your ratings on the sweaters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it's funny. We all did expect Paige to take the title, but there was an appropriate amount of drama, I think, in the result, right? Uh, the ref bump was a value add. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- th- this was very good. This was, I think, my third... Fi- favorite match of the night they had done such a good job building to it that they actually didn't really need to go above and beyond and you know hit like a million moves at the end and do this like insane banger because again one would think in early 2022 they're going to do a return match right that's something you can just do uh so you know if you're going to do a return match you want to leave stuff on the table for said return match right that's the lesson of gargano and champa 
who did everything but the kitchen, well, and the kitchen sink the first time around, and then they played to the law of diminishing returns. So here, yeah, they they can do, you know, more stuff uh, in a return match. They can kick out of the one-winged angel if need be. How awesome was that intro for Paige, by the way, with the, the oh, streets of Minneapolis? I mean, just fantastic. <laughs> when you watch that, you're like, yeah, there's no way this guy's losing. But the way yeah, that exactly. the drone or whatever swooped down under the skywalk and then that little bit where the Dark Order was running across the skywalk, mm-hmm. that was cool. Paige on the streets of Minneapolis on his horse walking up to the venue. Super cool intro. Definitely a big fight feel. Um, you mentioned the Kota Abushi sign, Justin. Yeah, it was during the Omega entrance, I believe, and he like stopped mm-hmm. at the quarter and he stared at it for what felt like an eternity. You know, so hopefully we'll see something with that down the line. But yeah, great show. Would love. I need to take it in on TV. But being there, like any AEW show I've gone to, you leave the arena on a high. Uh, just yep. a totally different feeling leaving these shows than a WWE show in modern times. I won't say ever because you know. 20 years ago, leaving a WWF show, maybe had that same feeling. But if you compare this going to a WWE live event right now, I mean, there is no comparison. It is a whole different buzz in the arena. And you you feel that leaving these pay-per-views. And so I just, I feel fortunate living in the Midwest that we've had so many of these pay-per-views close to us and not had to travel very far to see them. So, I mean, we're lucky in that regard. Can't wait for the next time. And really, really curious where Revolution will be. I'm sure that one would yes. be one we would have to fly to. Uh, and, you know, other places in the country deserve to get one of these shows close for sure. So, well, um, but we'll, we'll see where it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, if Double or Nothing, they've already announced as Vegas. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. Double or Nothing's already in Vegas and All Out seems to be a Chicago tradition for Labor Day weekend, right? Mm-hmm. You would think they're going to do like the East Coast then for Revolution. I'd run MSG and say, fuck it. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure because, like, do you consider Vegas West Coast? Because they haven't ran on the actual coast yet but, at all. No, I, true, I see but I don't I could see them doing East Coast. Um, <laughs> if you, they've if had a pay-per-view in Baltimore, though. Yeah. If you live in Ohio, look, anything west of the Mississippi is the west. Then. Okay. <laughs> real, real, real quick, for the record, I wasn't laughing at you just a second ago, Kyle. I, I was laughing at uh, Tim's comment in the comments oh. here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that right there. <laughs> Tim, always with the takes on WWE. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was in California, to be honest, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it was on the East Coast. But It's got to be on the coasts. They're not going to yeah. run another one in the Midwest if they're going to do all out in Chicago. Every I've time. heard I've heard Wells Fargo in Des Moines is really nice. They should look into oh. that one. <laughs> yes, it is a nice building, but not quite yet, probably. Uh, they've ran a lot of shows in Texas, so probably not there. They but should run Cowboys Stadium. <laughs> just, just do it. What the hell? What the hell? Just do it. But yeah, that'll be, uh, Tony said it's been decided in the scrum, but he wouldn't let people know where. So we shall, we shall see. But uh, yeah, I think that's all we had for tonight. Just wanted to talk about the experience going to the show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, Justin, thanks for going. Aaron was, was great to travel with as well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can do it again. I know the crew, the Top Rope Nation crew, has talked about maybe doing Double or Nothing, recording at the Blue Wire Studio at the Win in May. Hopefully, oh, yeah. Hopefully we can make that happen. But we are thinking about that. Revolution? I don't know. We'll see where it is. But, uh, yeah. 
By hey, by the way, where's our uh they need to do a a new stage guy that's normally in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One guy that jumped on our show and uh comment after comment. What about the pay-per-view stages? They oh. had a specialized pay-per-view stage here. The tunnels were different. They had all the gears mm-hmm. up Maybe there. that's why. Cool. Maybe he got what he wanted. <laughs> He's happy. He's happy. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he floods the Matt Men podcast mentions, too. Yep, he does. Because yep. we Didn't we talk to Andrew Zarian about this? Yep. yep. Whoever that guy Change. was. Change has come to all elite wrestling. Pay-per-view stages, baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, we'll have another show coming later this week. It'll be Top Rope Nation Extra again, weekly. Bonus show on Patreon. I'll put up a teaser on the main feed. You can hear that. But uh, we will be recording later this week as well. We'll have a new flagship dropping next week, most likely. And we will talk Survivor Series. Oh, that'll be next week. Survivor Series 96. And then the Survivor Series post show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm very excited to do 96 when we do that. I'm a lot uh, less bullish on Survivor Series 2021. (laughs) Yes. When Survivor Series 2021 happens, we will be going live after the fact doing a a live post show. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss the live stream. Otherwise, of course, after the fact, available on all of our podcasting (laughs) streams. This Sunday night. The Survivor Series? (laughs) (laughs) Why not just blow all these big matches for no particular reason other than a bad gimmick? Why not? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess in, in the case of one, you're right. And if you want to learn yes. about the history of Survivor Series, please go to Top Rope Nation's Facebook page. That's true. Kyle has been true. doing. Uh, yeah, it's on the in the Facebook discussion group, Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Kyle's been doing these awesome breakdowns of every single Survivor Series daily, just like you do with SummerSlam back in August. A must read friend of the pod, <laughs> Garrett Gonzalez, figure four weekly online wrestling observer radio. He said in the group, it's his favorite thing to read daily on the internet, Kyle. High praise yes, from Garrett. I, I was kind of honored by that. I didn't know how to take that. I Normally, I respond with things sarcastic. It took me aback so much that I was I was touched, <laughs> for God's sake. Although we have now reached the uh, real sad portion of the program as we're in the late aughts. And I had I almost combined like 07 and 08 into one post because I was like, who the fuck gives a shit about either of these two shows? <laughs> yeah, we've got some chats checking in on Twitch. Yes, we are streaming on Twitch too. Check out our Twitch channel. Trying to get a little growth there. We just started streaming on Twitch. So we don't Ooh. have any followers over there. But if you use Twitch, why not follow our channel? Twitch.tv slash Top Rope Nation. That would help us out as well. Leave those reviews, five-star reviews on Apple, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Guys, it's a fun time. Episode 229, Top Rope Nation in the books. We'll catch you all again real soon. Take care. Peace.